I like Ahsoka. That's our cold open. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star all about the wars and the stars. I'm your rogue leader, electrifying force-sensitive native to the Chiss Ascendancy, Thomas Carter Rochester, and today I'm joined by the singular greatest mega mind the Rebellion has ever had to offer, our master of chaos and pod racing enthusiast, King of the Hoth, the Klein Fault. That's a that's an awful lot of praise. It's nice to be here, Thomas. It's just the two of us again. A nice little fireside chat. But you know what? There's no one in this world I'd rather be doing this with than you. If I had to be stuck with any one of the other fools that we usually have here on the podcast, I'd rather be doing it. Just the two of us. Your mustache is looking absolutely fantastic today. This is an audio medium, so obviously you can't see him. But he's looking. He's it's It's got some quaffed to it you've done you've done something it's very looking very curly very nice how are you doing thomas i am well we are in the home stretch i got two more days of work and then i'm off to dallas to oh, watch that's my this first weekend that's happening that's this now weekend. oh yeah, my gosh my first ever so nfl mean, game when is your birthday sunday oh that's a happy yeah. 45th or whatever it is <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll say you don't look a day fact. over 41. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm just trying to survive work that long um, to get there because it's it's been it, I had to literally stand in a storm yesterday and test concrete while it was mm, raining. It was really dumb. Yeah, it's we been pouring very... rain here as well. I saw some Ooh. people doing exactly that on my way home from the gym today, testing concrete in the pouring rain. And I thought, what a miserable time that just does not look very fun at all at least for me can confirm it was very miserable can you explain to me maybe you do do things differently but what i saw was going on they were holding like almost like a tarp up above their heads there was a group of them as Mm -hmm. to keep the concrete dry and then someone was like testing it under the the tarp that was being held up by four people okay um Maybe they were just trying to keep the tester dry, which is really nice. Okay. I didn't know if maybe you weren't like you couldn't, maybe they had poured it before it had started raining and now it was pouring rain and they're trying to like, yeah, but it's been raining all day. So what are they going to do? Stand out there all day long. Hey, that's money. They're just out there getting paid paid by the hour and that could line of work. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. For them must be nice. So uh, yeah, just, just just doing the thing. Loving Ahsoka. Loving fantasy football. I'm making a lot of trades and I'm trying not uh, yeah, to I'm trying are. to I'm trying to follow Balin's. You're reinventing advice. your team on the fly. I don't know if it's working <laughs> for you, but it seems to as the commissioner of this league, seems every half an hour I've got some trade, whether it's you or someone else going on. I've done nothing. Yeah. My team has I've stood pat. And that's what I will intend to do for quite some time, I think. Once I traded Mostert and got got ran on i was uh i was nervous and i was like well i gotta i gotta either make it move that's dangerous that's very dangerous 
I, I will say my trade today, I looked at Beth Ann's team. I looked at my team. I looked at two people I didn't want anymore. And I'd been shopping and I was like, you know what? I want this player and I can help her team out because she had two open slots on her roster. I figured she has a lot of te- a lot of guys on the on the on her roster that just haven't touched the field. Just a yep. bunch of dudes who haven't touched the blade of dudes grass all guys. season. Yep. <clears throat> so I was like, you know what? I took her under my wing. She's my fantasy Padawan. I've been giving her thought waiver you guys, advice. Like, I thought what, thought there was a blood feud. What do you mean? She's she's out for your throat almost any second. Like any time I talk to her. You're right. She's my Sith apprentice. <laughs> Uh, it, it, to become the master, you have to kill the master. So, you know, we're working on that. Maybe she'll beat me in seven weeks. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> if she does, she's the master. That's them. their rules of Sith fantasy podcast footballing. Uh, we got one, one of those words is right. But yeah, I, I made that trade. And then I asked somebody about a player and they're like, I would take this person off your team. And I was like, I literally fucking the, the, the trade went through like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and I was like, that is super unfortunate because I could have totally, <laughs> totally used that guy to get that guy. Um, but I'm 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 looking into some backups. I'm my my real issue is just running backs, man. We're in the football section, we're in the sports section here. My running backs are atrocious. Uh, that's why I made the trade for ETN. I thought he would uh he'd be a better long-term option than Mostert. Mostert went off, so now I'm trying to trust the process here. Um because I, I've had Mostert in a league every year since I started, which I guess would be two years ago. Dude, dude gets injured all the time, sometimes for half a season at a time. So I'm just like, you know what? Let me hit him while he, let me get rid of him while he's hot. And then I got rid of him and he got hotter. So, you know, hmm. it do be it, it do be like that. It was me. Hey, you know what? If he's if he starts every game for the rest of the just season, was not thriving in the system. You know, it's one of yeah. those. It's not the you player. Know, I, it's the coach sort of he, situation. He couldn't he couldn't perform for my team. So why waste a talent like? I don't know. <laughs> say, really, Jim, you're you're a giver is what you're doing. What you did was a charitable <laughs> effort. <laughs> you were, you're welcome, <laughs> <okay>. Leah. <laughs> How you doing? I'm sure fine? this is fascinating podcasting for everyone listening. It's going I, over your yeah. specific fantasy football team. I'm not. Yeah, I've, no way I'm not talking about fan. mine. I I don't really no I don't fan. really care. There, it's out in the open. <laughs> I don't care. So what I'm hearing is you're willing to make a deal. <laughs> oh my god let's do a podcast <laughs> how you doing Clyde for real <laughs> I'm doing well um uh you've got obviously an exciting next couple of days I'm just kind of like I'm in the middle of like a calm before the storm situation I, I was at a wedding a couple mm. weeks ago that went off was fine or not fine it was awesome it was just it was a big long trip um and next weekend or no not next weekend I guess two weeks from now uh next week the first weekend of October is Canadian Thanksgiving. So I've got to do all like the family stuff for that. Excited to have Turkey. Uh, but then I have another wedding the weekend after. And like the next few weeks are just going to be so just like boom, boom, go, go, go. And right now it isn't that. And so I'm kind of just like dwelling in that and enjoying mm-hmm. that and really savoring these moments of not doing a whole lot because with Thanksgiving and weddings and then um gabby's going away and then i leave for atlanta in a month next week so like that's 
and that's going to be awesome. And then once that's over, like that'll be kind of it for me for the, for the whole year. Um, but it is, it's getting close. Like it's felt like so long ago that, or no, it felt like so far away when I booked my, um, trip to come down and meet you guys for the first time. And now it's like, it's getting closer. Uh, but no, I'm having a good week. I'm, I'm going to see the creator tomorrow. So I'm very excited to do that. Me very too. excited to do that. What time are you going? I think we're going to a 6.30 p.m. Pacific time showing. Okay. It's the first showing. Um, it's at a really crappy... There's three theaters here. Um, there was There's the two different brands that are here in town, Cineplex and Landmark Cinemas. Mm. And the there used to be an older or it is an older one. It used to be our only movie theater here in town. And then that same company landmark built a nicer, newer theater um, also here in town. And so this is the first time I'm going back to this older one in like years, but it's the only place that the creator was showing, which is weird to me because they have like the premium large format screen and the newer theaters, but they aren't doing, they're not doing any of that it's just going to be on a normal movie screen no recliner chairs or anything so i'm gonna do that i'm excited i've heard so many good things about the creator going for dinner right before like next door at a restaurant that i haven't been to before and it'll be good but i'm really looking forward to it i hope i hope to god this movie hits with me because just everyone i hear talking about it is absolutely loving it everyone i know has seen it early but I'm really like, that's kind of Star Wars adjacent because of the Rogue it One is. connection. But yeah. it looks really, really, really good. I'm very excited. Um, if you've listened to any podcast I've ever been on, when my birthday comes around, I have been teased with glorious movies. And then Venom I Venom Two, like, notoriously, I get, right? I get Venom Two. Yeah. So be, the what Batman, do you mean? You, Venom Two is the most glorious of movies. I will fly to Canada to stab you. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, yeah. With 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 something really hard to stab with. I don't know. Maybe my finger to your nostril. I got nothing. I'm. You almost had what up. was it? You almost had the Batman on your birthday. I what did. What else was there? I genuinely do not remember because it was so long ago. There's just been so uh, many of them. The Batman yeah. hurts. That would have been the a ba- perfect October movie, but oh that one God, hurts. Yeah. That one really hurt because it's my favorite Batman movie that we have. Like, without a doubt, it's the Batman that I've always wanted to see. Uh, I love the detective side of Batman. That's why before <clears throat> before Ben Affleck, Val Kilmer was my favorite uh version of bruce wayne because of his detective work that goes into that movie and that was it crazy Uh, that's what i'm saying i said (laughs) bruce wayne too not batman uh okay Okay. big difference um but yeah i but this year i get the creator on the 29th i also get Mm -hmm. the boys gen v on the 29th on the third the ahsoka finale on the fifth Loki premiere. I got football mm-hmm. on my birthday. I got football the week after my birthday that I'm going to. So like I'm living the dream. The content was made for this king. Um, but the, the creator, I go tomorrow night, 6 p 6 30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, and I that's pretty much like my last hurrah in town before I drive out of town on uh Friday and fly out. Are you Saturday driving morning. to Dallas? No, I'm fly. I'm flying out of Pensacola, so I got to drive two hours. Oh, 
okay. uh, Friday night because I'm flying at 6 a.m. on Saturday. I land at 9, and then I spend my day in Dallas um, walking around with my bags till my Airbnb is ready to check into. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. You want to know what I would maybe, I don't know, maybe suggest find like a nice-ish hotel mm-hmm. and say, hey, my room isn't ready yet here. Can I leave my bags with you? Even if you don't have a room there, some of the hotels will like, they may not ask a question. Um, but like, I've definitely been in instances like that where I was like, I've went into a hotel that I'm not staying at and I'm like, Hey guys, my room's not ready. Can I, or Hey, we just checked out. My flight doesn't leave for a couple hours. Is it okay if I leave my bags? Okay. I might do that on Monday because I have to check out at like 11 a.m. and my flight is at 9 p.m. I oh, fly wow. out at 9 p.m. Yeah. Wow. So I have, I have all day. How much are you traveling with? You're only there for a weekend. You could, I mean, yeah. It's, I know, you, but you I mean, have, you I'll just have like a backpack or something. Uh, backpack and a duffel bag. Oh, a little carry on? little carry-on, little baby carry-on, my little gym bag that I use. Um, it's not too much. Now, I've done trips before where that, that carry-on is fucking fat and it's heavy. Uh, I'm not doing that this time. But you're time. going I already, for like two days. I know, man. I have a problem where I overpack, but I also have to prepare for two different climates because if it's too hot, I have to wear shorts. But I've heard that inside the stadium, it's cooler, so I might be wearing <laughs> pants to the game. If I go out to party, I want to wear pants as opposed to just shorts like there's it's a whole thing it's a whole libra thing um i want to dive really quick into a very brief rebel report that was hard to say uh no music no time in the writers have won oh yeah yeah i was like where the heck are we going with this yes the writers have won the strike is as of today was officially put through Oh. Um, two nights ago, it was they came out of negotiations. We're like, we have a tentative deal. It's mm-hmm. been officially ratified as of today at I guess twelve oh one, um, early this morning. Writers can go back to work. So that means these Star Wars projects that have maybe been sitting in development on on ice in the development pipeline, whether it be the Ray movie, whether it be the James Mangold movie. Um, any of those series potentially that could be coming down the line as well that are in kind of development, nothing shooting yet. They can all get back to work. And now it's just time for the, from the figure it out with the actors and we'll be back to back to normal. I give it, uh, I give it a month and a half right before Christmas. There's some people who are thinking that it'll get done in the next two weeks. Um, they're going, they're going back to the negotiating table. I think it's the second week of October uh, or by the end of the first week of October, they're officially going back to the ne- negotiating table. I'm pretty sure. Who said and that? I'm, I'm fairly certain that's what like all the trades were saying that it's going to be sometime in like early, early October that they're getting back to the table. And I don't know, the studio seemed pretty willing to talk to the writers this time around and the writers it's, I mean, obviously, with these things, there's going to be compromises, and you're not going to get everything you want. But it looks pretty good on the writer side yeah. of things. Like they got it does a lot. Um, they like especially the the transparency stuff with streaming is huge, where streamers are going to have to like disclose numbers, and we don't know what that actually looks like quite yet. But 
that's a big thing. AI protections, that's good. Writer room size, that's good. But things are back. It's amazing. I kind of predicted this yesterday. I was talking to Gabby. I was like, wait until tomorrow when all this entertainment news comes out because the strike is over. And mm-hmm. what do you know? We get a trailer and release date for True Detective 4 today. We get a whole list of stuff. Like HBO basically came out and they're like, hey, guess what? House of the Dragons done is done filming. We're moving into production right now for Last of Us Season 2, White Lotus oh. Season 3. Um, all of this. So like it, Yeah, they just... Variety wow. put out an article that is literally just like, here is like everything... Um, there's a whole bunch um the last of us creators like yeah now that it's done like we're gonna get going um and once the actors are good these these things can start shooting and stuff like that so like how excited stuff is going to start happening pretty quickly and i bet you when the actors strike comes to an end we get the same sort of thing but with like a bunch of like casting details of like I it, it won't be it won't be said that it happened during the strike, but I'm sure conversations have been being had amongst creators and like I'm sure there is at least loose conversations. And then the couple days after the strike happens, they're gonna lock everything in and have some big announcements. Like hey, like I bet we'll get some maybe some Marvel stuff. I know the Last of Us season two is gonna have a bunch of casting news to announce pretty soon. I'm sure. Yeah, and like the acolyte and things like <gasps> that uh we'll probably get updates fairly quickly it's yeah. just like it's all these things that were put on ice for so long are going to be able to finally get moving again like it's crazy to think that some things like deadpool 3 supposedly has like a week of shooting left maybe um there's like a whole lot of uh scenarios like that where these shows were put on ice like with literal days before they're finished so they're going to like go back yeah. do those two or three days and then be ready to go i guess so before we hop off this i did look it up sag after put out a tweet uh, uh like 16 hours ago saying to our members at this time we have no confirmed date scheduled to meet with the amptp when we do have dates confirmed we will inform you unless you hear it from us it's hearsay so that's where they stand and i think i say a month and a half uh because I get a feeling that they're going to really, the, the studios are going to drag their fuck ass feet. It's um, not going to happen then, after it. If it's going to happen in 2023, it's going to happen before Thanksgiving. Uh, American Thanksgiving. Half, right? yeah. Because that's like Hollywood, especially on an executive side shuts, shuts down, down after Thanksgiving yeah. until the new year. So, <clears throat> so it's going to, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen before then. I wouldn't be surprised if it's done before the end of October. I think that now that the writers are figured out, they can really having both strikes going on at once. Um, I guess like separates focus and can, it's harder. It's both groups were fighting the same common enemy in the studios and the studios are like kind of fighting two wars and now they can like go and focus in on, it's the actors. Let's get it figured out because the studios are getting worried. That's why the writers ultimately yeah. came to it. That's why like that agreement was made. They're getting worried. The hoppers are getting thin. They thought, okay, like we can, we can delay some things, but looking out at 2024, as we get closer to that, they were probably looking at their slates going, what are we going to do post February or whatever? Like when yeah. Dune's finally out, uh, exactly. when the, the Zendaya tennis movie that got delayed is finally out. Like, 
we don't have stuff that's finished. Um, whereas yeah. in May they did have stuff that was finished, and now it's like let's let's get this going again so we can get Hollywood back to work. Yeah, they need uh, two to three months of writers writing before they can actually throw people on a set, right? And but some it, things depend- they can go right back to set. There's well, I a mean, lot like of stuff that was just stuff. in the midst of production. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I mean. I'm talking stuff. about like things that creating new were, ideas specifically. Yeah. I was talking about more things that were already in the pipeline and like that were all already had dates attached to them. And we're already like, like I'll go back to the Marvel thing because that's just what I cover every day. Like, like Deadpool three is an example. It is supposed to come out in May. And the longer this gets pushed on, the longer Marvel studios and Disney is going to have to look at things and go like, well, this is half done. What do we do? We like, we have this release date. We don't have anything to put there. Um, So, yeah. Hopefully they can get it done and hopefully the actors get as good a deal as the writers seem to get. But I think they will. Um, because if they don't come off that AI shit and the studios are just going to die. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Um, that's more of a, if you don't change, you die type of mentality. And if they don't change their approach, then the studios will definitely not survive this one. Um, I'm intrigued. This is nothing to do. This is rhetorical. I wonder if like uh, Ryan Reynolds could work on editing Deadpool or like be in the room as a producer. Yes. Or if he, is it because he was also a writer? He can't do that because it can flip. There's a lot. There's a lot of nuance and questions. There's that a I whole know. lot of weird thing. Like there was actors at like Toronto International Film Festival just happened. Cannes happened. And like there were actors there from movies that they starred in, but they also directed. And so yeah. it's like, okay, like like Chris Pine was at was um at TIFF uh, at the no. Toronto International Film Festival because his directorial debut played there and he's in it. And so it's like, are you there? If I'm not here as an actor, I'm here as a director, it is okay. Uh, yes. They're wa- like skirting that line very delicately, but hopefully they don't have to do it for much longer. I agree. Let's go ahead and dive into our main topic of the day, Dreams and Madness. It's episode seven of Ahsoka. Jedi. Ahsoka is Jedi. Ahsoka is still, in fact, Jedi, and we got a whole lot of Ahsoka being Jedi this week. But, Thomas, before we get to anything, episode seven, it happened. We have one more left. It's going to be over in a week, which is absolutely crazy. What did you think? Just general thoughts coming out of episode seven. I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I, I just, I had so much fun in this. The storytelling mixed with the action uh, was felt perfectly balanced to me. Um, especially the action we got, uh, just that and it's like yeah we're doing this okay it's going and it slowly escalates slowly escalates and then it's just like all out battle um and we get a dope line of like ah impressive almost as good as the jedi of old like you son of a bitch um thrawn is thrawning he's thrawning real hard can we just do rosebud thingy what's it what is it I already rosebud forgot and a thorn Rosebud and a thorn, yes. Sure, sure. Rose, so Rosebud and a thorn, Rosebud. in case you weren't here last week, um, this basically an exercise that 
IP. I know people do it in school and stuff like that. It's something you liked is your rose, your bud, something is your you're looking forward to, and your thorn is something you perhaps were not a big fan of or you didn't like very much. So your rose, bud, and thorn, Thomas, because you're so excited. My throne, my, my my rose is thrown. My okay. throne is thrown. Yes, my okay. It is. I felt like I w- was watching the imagination of my mind as I listen to the books. That's really hard sentence to put together, but I listen to all these books and the way they have Thrawn in these books that Timothy Zahn, this is like Timothy Zahn's character. This isn't like, Oh, Dave Filoni made Thrawn and he's just doing his own thing. Or Timothy Zahn made Thrawn and Dave Filoni is doing his own thing with it. No, Timothy Zahn wrote Thrawn and Dave Filoni is like, I am translating that some bitch exactly as he is. Cause he's perfect, perfect as he's written. Um, when he is, <laughs> the meme going around is every time Morgan Elizabeth assumes something wrong, it's like, well, actually, like that's my favorite side of Thrawn is when he's like, oh, if only you understood as I did. This is actually what is going to happen. Um, he does that a lot this episode. He, big shout out. I mean, I'm just going to say it now. He got to talk about his old buddy, Anakin. Like, I am so excited to dive into that more in depth here. Um, but actually it's not Balin's skull. I'm still intrigued. Um, I, I have a big question for you later on that actually, Kleino, but it's, uh, Shin Hadi, Shin Hadi, as Klein likes to say, Hadi um, like to potty Shin Shin Hadi. Yep. Everything he just said is a fact and also rhymed. It's like poetry. So she, I'm really intrigued to see where her personal story goes. Not that they've done what they've done. Um, it's I'm, I can't believe I'm more fascinated by her than I am Balin's skull, but um, I don't know. She seemed uh, she a little, a little frightened at the end there, and uh, uh not uh, my mind is dyslexicking. Uh, it's not thrown. It's not thrown. It's thorn. Ah, we got there. Uh, my thorn. <sighs> I'm never prepared for this part. Um. I guess my think you know, critically. My, <laughs> think critically. Uh, yeah, the problem is, is I wasn't prepared for this, so I'm doing this entirely on the fly. Um, why was Balin Skull in this in the second half of this episode to fight Ahsoka? That was the one thing I didn't dope. understand. <laughs> Listen, one hundred percent. I I concur. But he's like, we're gonna we're gonna part ways now, and then he's just. Used. Then he's just hanging around. <laughs> Take that, Jack. Jack. <laughs> he's just there, and it's really confusing. I'm like, yeah, go to Kujet's palace. Go do what you're doing, man. Um, but that kind of ground my gears because I was like, okay, cool. Like, Soka's gonna show up, and then we're gonna get like a little cutaway to going to Balin's skull. And no, the cutaway was them having a really dope, badass fight, which was amazing to watch. Uh, but it just it felt out of place to me. That's my that's my critical eye. What about you? Um, well, I really I I enjoyed this episode like I've enjoyed um all of them. I think that this is definitely feels like coming off of the high of the last couple of weeks. So like I think this is a good episode. I I don't think it's the best of Ahsoka, but I still think that a good Ahsoka episode's better than um Mandalorian season three. I think this is better than just about everything we got there. It's definitely better than most of Book of Boba Fett. So I I really liked it. This to me, 
we're getting all sides of it with this series. This to me really felt like a Rebels episode. Just and yeah. like a he's like not like a big part of a, a massive arc Rebels episode, but like one of them between ones. Uh, even though it was still a part of the Ahsoka arc. So my rose, uh, I liked that um, that Rebels dynamic mm. between Sabine, Ahsoka, and and Ezra. Really yeah. liked that. Thought that was great. It it felt like being back in the cartoons, which was cool. Um, I also I liked the different planes of action in this with Ahsoka in the air. Mm. I like that's one of my favorite things in Star Wars is like the yes. you have the air battle going on while people are on the ground fighting, and then you have Luke in the throne room doing his thing. So like I like having that. Um, my bud, something I'm looking forward to. We're going to get. Balin closure of some sort and I'm really looking forward to seeing what that means what that is what's going on with him I have a feeling that he's going to be kind of the resolution of the series um in that in that like they're not going to defeat Thrawn it's just it's not going to happen but taking him down is going to be the like oh as an audience member I feel good leaving this up but leaving this series and this story is kind of wrapped up and then we can go into whatever Thrawn does next. And then my thorn, it felt thin, I'll call it where after the lore dumps of the last few weeks and like coming to this new universe and this and this and this, this did just feel like a bit of another episode of Ahsoka or like another episode of star Wars TV. It was just kind of like, Okay, we're going to do the Star Wars battle, and that's going to take the bulk of the episode, and we're just going to hit these beats. It, it did feel kind of paint-by-numbers, okay. but I still really liked it. I liked the colors that filled in those paint-by-numbers. Okay. I guess it's not it's it's different for me because I'm just like Thrawn. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm chanting Thrawn every time he shows up. I'm a night trooper, baby. Um, so it's really hard for me to like look at it the same way because I'm I'm analyzing is this character the same as the, I want to say something along the lines of like 70 hours of books that I've listened to with him in them. Um, so that does make sense. Yeah. I like taking that out of it. Yeah. It's, it's just a star Wars episode. You're right. Actually. But it's a good I one. Agree. Like, I oh, like, I don't think good. that takes, I don't yeah. want to take away from it. I do really still enjoy it. It is ultimately star Wars. It's bad pizza is still good pizza in my mind. Yeah, I, I, there are little bits, little lore dumps. I would call them uh, here. But and there. I just mean like it isn't the and, like revelatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. After the last couple it's weeks, where of- like two weeks ago it was like, oh my gosh, we're getting Clone Wars <laughs> yeah. stuff, or and this and this and this, and then last week a lot of the novelty and what made that episode special was all of this discovery again of like we're in a new place, we're in a new galaxy. What's going on? Oh my gosh, Thrawn's here. What has happened? Oh, Ezra, boom, and this was like a little bit, it it did feel like I was coming off of the, like it was after the night of partying and now I'm kind of like, and someone's like, Hey, you want to go again? And I'm like, I, okay. Like, like, (laughs) can I, can I take a nap? Like, Oh my God. I just, that's um, amazing. But I didn't really enjoy it. Let's get into the full rundown of the episode and we can talk through it as we go. Episode number seven, as you said, dreams, and madness start every episode with a quote and that's what we will do here jedi are very good at hiding they've been practicing that for years 
Thrawn said that. That was a Thrawnism for you, that's Thomas, a, to start things off. I know you'd like that. We open in a place I was not suspecting we would open. I get a message. I'm watching a couple minutes late. Get a message from Thomas five episodes, five, three or four minutes into the episode saying, oh, my God. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, what could possibly <laughs> happening? We open on Coruscant and Hera is under review for her actions helping Ahsoka. She's under review by a New Republic tribunal we'll call them mon mothma is there a whole swath of people uh she says she was protecting the new republic by going to ahsoka's aid and no one is really having it especially this is ziono i think is his name guy mm -hmm. this dude's a dick this imperial remnant such an extreme term whatever dude get bent um mon mothma <laughs> is totally on harris side she's like i will help in whatever way we can they're yipping and yapping back and forth. They're going to strip her rank. Carson Teva, he stands up and he brings up Mando season three. So we finally have confirmation of where this show fits in the timeline. He goes, what about the conflict on Mandalore? When they're talking about Imperial remnants, conflict mm -hmm. on Mandalore, Mando season three. We saw that. Um, as I said, they want to uh, strip Hera of her rank. And then I think this is the, oh my God, what's happening moment for you. We yep. hear his goddamn little voice, David Thompson's, Favorite Star Wars character in the entire world, or just favorite droid? I'm not sure. It's his favorite Pepeo, character. Anthony Daniels, he's back. he's back. He has been sent by Leia. He's. You hear him kind of chittering, chattering with like some mm -hmm. like guards at the door, oh, which I. My. Uh, it's, yes, it's just he said, and I am C3PO. He doesn't finish the like with human side yeah. relations, but I, I, it it went in my head. I was very excited. Um, he says that he was sent by Leia and is kind of offering them, I guess like a like. Record ship. that she signed off on things. Mm -hmm. He says that any further conflicts should be brought up directly with Leia. Boom, it's over, done. Um, Mon kind of pulls Hera aside at this. Yeah. And she's like, hey, I'm on to you. I know she didn't say yes to that. Hera's like, well, she eventually said yes. It's she didn't <laughs> she didn't immediately <laughs> said yes, but yeah. Um Leia didn't authorize the mission, but she eventually did. They chat and Harris says to prepare for the worst and hope for the best because in a galaxy far, far away, something bad is brewing. Title Honest card, Thomas, Thomas your thoughts yes. on this cold open. Perfect cold open. I've been wondering how we're going to wrap up the Hera and New Republic part of it all. And this feels like, boom, this is it. It's done. They are now awaiting the arrival of Thrawn or the arrival of Ahsoka to find out which is which. Um, so that'll be very interesting to see where it goes. But I love that they did it right away in the cold open. And the, the entire description of the episode is like, Hera has to answer for her crimes at a tribunal. And it's like, wow, that's a big plot. And then it's over in the cold open. And it's like, wow, that's even better. Like, love it. Um, Leia is the leader of the defense council. So she's in charge of the defense, uh, AKA the fleet. I would assume. Uh, big, big, awesome thing going on there, especially considering she will eventually lead the resistance. I assume uh, she, uh, I mean, I, I've read the book Bloodline, so she kind of gets kicked out. You know the, what uh, happens. Yeah, you know where bit, it goes. I know where it goes. But eventually she's just going to be like, well, fuck this. Like, you guys are idiots. Um, just like Hera feels. Um, and then Ziona, which somebody had sent me a, a little uh, what is it? A clip, a reel, a TikTok, whatever it may be, um, saying it was, you know, oh, you talked to the servants like, 
you don't have to talk to lesser beings with respect and care. And little Leia is like, well, I guess I don't have to talk to you with respect. Ooh, <laughs> all that. And it's like, you're nice to droids, all that kind of shit. Um, so when fucking Ziona says... I like the says, shade chopper. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're about yeah, to get it. So you go exactly. ahead. Yes. He's like... He's like, are we really going to allow this from a mere droid? And 3PO's like, a mere droid? Oh, my. And then Chopper's like, nah, 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 I'm going to kill him. And Tabo's like, shh, 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 buddy, shush. Just calm your tits over there. If Leia were there, oh, my God, she would have gutted him in front of everybody. Um, that Those are those are my favorite parts of this whole thing. Um, 3PO showing up, that was 100% the, the pop. I was like, holy shit, it's him. It is him. 3PO is him. And I do love how it's like identification. Well, I am C. And then that's when Mon Mothma goes, 3PO. Like, thank God you're here. Um, really fun. What did you think of this cold open? It was cool. I think the 3PO moment um, was my moment of the episode. It just it was Ooh. It's so cool to see him back, see Anthony Daniels play that character again. Uh, we wrote over on the direct.com last night after the episode aired. This now breaks the franchise record for live action Star Wars. So he now holds the record for most appearances as a Star Wars character, or like as a single Star Wars character in live action Star Wars. So, like, that's really cool. He's made 12 different appearances across movies and TV. So who who was before him? Who was in? Who was in I don't know. Before? That's a good question. That's that's for you to ask my editor. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna but, assume it was Anthony Daniels because he's it, everywhere. Maybe it probably was honestly, but he like he's basically said that only he will play C3PO and he will play C3PO until the day that he dies. So like, good for it. you, man. That's fantastic. Seeing him around, especially after hanging out with Hu Yang, Hu Yang which. I yeah. think I don't think um I'm I don't want to like throw shade at C3PO but like this is a droid that was designed in 1977 or like in the 70s we've come yeah. a long way in our droid designs and just like seeing him com- in comparison to like Hu Yang I'm like man you're so just like just a man in a metal suit like <laughs> you're just like so <laughs> dinky looking um but yeah. it was it was pretty cool um and I like that as you said like getting a little bit more context to where the Hera story it kind of is going to go or like I don't know if we see her again we probably will and it'll be at the mm-hmm. end of next week's episode and we yeah. think we've maybe won and saved the day and then like we get a Hera moment and it's like oh no like the Thrawn's back rally the troops call Zeb God. on the phone get Mando that sort of thing do you I'm ready we're to, here, oh, go ahead yeah. do you think do you think, I mean, th- this is really more for the end of the episode, I guess, but I'll ask it now because it relates to Hera and the New Republic specifically. Do you think when Thrawn lands, he announces himself to them? I feel like that's very much not a Thrawn move, but I also think it might be. No, s- but I think that he will be announced to them, if that makes sense. He okay. may not do the announcing, but I have a I have a feeling some way, somehow, they're not just going to leave Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka in this place wherever they are that's my so, big hope because if because if they did that that things that things are looking dire um yeah exactly. but exactly and i don't think that's how they want to end this series but I, I yeah he's not gonna show up on a megaphone and be like behold members of the new republic i am blue man here to bring forth the legacy <laughs> of the emperor i will destroy you 
utterly and completely. Yeah, no, I, I was just wondering what you thought on that. I would be very surprised if he it did show up because then it creates more contention inside the New Republic, which is a the entire plan of Thrawn and the Imperial Remnants is to create more discord on the inside. So eventually you win, hence Operation Paperclip, which I don't remember what it's named in the uh, in Star Wars, but it's Operation Paperclip. Okay, we cut to the Purgle after the title card. We get that sick theme Ooh. song again. Ahsoka is training uh, with a recording of Anakin from the Clone Wars. This was a very cool moment as well. I really like this. I have to go back and check. Is this the speech he gives her in Tales of the Jedi? No. no? Actually, okay. I don't think so. I think it's close okay. enough. Very, very similar <laughs> yeah. feelings. And it, if that had been the case... That would have been so cool. But it is still really cool just seeing Hayden here, talking to her, talking to Snips, as he calls her. Uh, Huyang enters, tells Ahsoka that the whales are about to come out of hyperspace. Huyang is kind of skeptical that the whales are going to bring them anywhere near where Sabine ended up. He's like, what if we're in the wrong galaxy, system, planet? Like, we have no idea where she is. They then pop out of hyperspace. And what do you know? They're... They seem to be in the right spot, but something is uh, terribly and horribly wrong. Basically, there's space mines everywhere. They've laid out these space mines around Peridia to blow up these whales. The ship fly out of the Purgle, and as they do, and the whales are getting decimated by these things, all the whales go boom. And they pop out back into hyperspace, leaving Ahsoka and Huyang out in the open and stranded. A dogfight then ensues with Ahsoka taking on some Thrawn cronies in these really cool-looking fighter uh, battleships. On Peridia, though, Thrawn is informed of Ahsoka's arrival, and Morgan briefs Thrawn on Ahsoka's history, which he was looking for last episode. He's very interested in, well, basically everything, but very like particularly interested in Ahsoka's master. That was Anakin. He likes that. He's going to let her down to the surface, he says. Well, let her, let her go. Call off the dogs, basically. He's got a plan. We then move on over, cut away to Sabine and Ezra. They are with my favorite little crab boys. I love them dearly, the naughty, rolling around in their homes on wheels, which is just hilarious. Um, Ezra recounts basically everything that he's missed to back to Sabine. So I guess in the time since we left them, she's told them that everything that went on, he goes, did we or he's like so we won the war yes and defeated the uh, the emperor at least we think so she tells him ahsoka took her as his as her apprentice which is very interesting and ezra he's he's like really are you sure yes yes uh, yes ezra she did okay uh, sabine thinks ahsoka is probably dead when ezra asks asks about her she's like i don't know i think i saw her die balin and shin then come up over the ridge Looking over down at Sabine and Ezra, and they don't do anything. They've got their raiders in tow, just like they teased last week. And that's kind of it for this kind of chunk. Do you want to stop here and talk at all, Thomas, or should we keep going? Yeah, I do want to talk because I really want to talk about most of my bullet points are in this section. So the Anakin Clone Wars section, um, First off, we got more of him in the armor. I, I, I needed that. I personally needed that. I feel more content with life. Um, it's my, it's my favorite live action Anakin Skywalker of all time, without a doubt. Um, 
But what I love about these recordings is a it utilizes the audio that we heard in one of the trailers, um, and it ends with, "I know you can do this, Ahsoka," and like it's perfect. They bow to each other, all that good stuff. But then she mentions that he recorded 20 or more of these and that this one that she's listening to was his last one. Um, And she puts the recordings in a box. So she has a whole box of these recordings. And my my rhetorical question is, will Luke get them um, at some point? I think that's a really fun. That was like a little bit of lore that's more for the future than it is like where we're at in the present. Um, and then she ends that with like closing her eyes and going, he was a good master. Like she's reaffirming to herself, like Anakin Skywalker is alive. Darth Vader is dead. Um, and that's how you have to remember him. Really fun. When uh, this version of Thrawn is more vicious than the books or even Rebels in Rebels, I think uh, he mentions that he doesn't he doesn't normally fire on civilians, but at this point he does at the very end of rebels. Cause he's pushed to desperate times. So he does what he does. And now he's just, he's got a vendetta against these mother effing whales. So he's got that mind set up. And I definitely think he's, he's on the verge of becoming the cold stone killer that he is in air to the empire trilogy. Um, but it's Anakin and Thrawn here that I really want to talk about because Get ready for a small aside. When he looks at that data pad, I'm like, okay, come on. I'm looking for one thing. Just get to it. And his entire face changes his demeanor. He kind of perks up just ever so slightly in his posture. And he looks over and goes, our master was General Anakin Skywalker. And she's like, yes, yes, it was. Like, everybody knows that. And Thrawn is like, oh, dear God, that son of a bitch. Um, and then she mentioned he mentions, OK, that changes everything. There's only one fighter. Call them off. She's if she's anything like her master, she will be unpredictable and reckless. I don't think reckless is the right word, but unpredictable and uh, a thorn in the side of everybody, because that's what she does. Um, and so I think from this point, his plan is actually a modified Marg Sable. I'll describe that later once we go through the, the, the happenings that happen. Um, but I love this. He clearly was like, ah, Anakin Skywalker. Oh, right. I think at this moment, he's having some strong flashbacks to the Clone Wars where he met Anakin from Thrawn Alliances. Also learned about Ahsoka for the first time. I assume he doesn't remember her name, but I do believe he's going to remember the Mark Sable came from the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker. Um, and then... Uh, because of the, I think, I can't remember if it is reckless or not, but the, he is definitely remembering Darth Vader as well, because he saw glimpses of Vader with Anakin and saw glimpses of Anakin with Vader. So he knows how uh, intricately tied they are. Um, And if Ahsoka is anything like either one of those, it's going to be a very big problem because very strong in the force and very likely to just say, fuck it and do go do the most insane idea possible with the force moving from here. The final little nugget that I have that I loved is we now know what Zeb is doing in the new Republic and he's training new recruits. And that made me very happy to learn about Zeb first Zeb drop the whole season, by the way, first Zeb drop. When do, do we, we see, see him before boy? the end of the season? before that- the end? 
I know. I, I guess next week. I I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I'm just I'm I gonna think be we see him. I just yeah. It, it'll Wait, be in some. I, it'll like be a in like a, or. So my theory has always been that the post credits of this is going to be like Hera being like Thrawn is back. Oh no, who do I call? Call Zeb, and yeah, Zeb okay. is like, and Zeb's like, I know a guy, and he is, and he's referring to Mando. Okay, that'd be cool. Yeah, I when you said the end of this, I I didn't include post credits in my. Mind. I'm including yeah, no, just okay, in so the Ahso- yeah. in Ahsoka. Yeah, sure. Post credits. Cool. Okay. Let's keep going. At Thrawn home yeah. base, he asks the Great Mothers to find Ahsoka. They open up their weird laser balls and start scanning away. From there, Ahsoka calls out to Sabine through the Force. Ahsoka's hiding on some of the debris hanging out outside of Peridia. And God damn it, Sabine hears it. Yeah. She hears it. Her Peter Tingle was going off. However, the Great Mothers <laughs> locate where Ahsoka is and Hu Yang or who where Ahsoka and Hu Yang were hiding and Thrawn again opened fires on them. He's not too worried about Ahsoka though. He knows that she's going to go for Sabine who is pretty far away from everything that he's doing. Says to contact Balin and co and to engage Ezra, Sabine and the Noti. Balin tells Shin to attack but his path lies in another direction. He says take the raiders and go. I must walk a different path. Balin imparts one final lesson on Shin with the coldest line delivery in the history of humankind. He says, impatience for victory will guarantee defeat. So Hmm. Balin's skull is so cool. Rest in peace, Ray Stevenson. The Raiders and Shin and two gunships engage the Ezra Sabine Brigade and the Nauti use slingshots, which is so dope. I love seeing them use slingshots. It's great. Um, they continue to just be the, the cutest little guys. I want you want to know what I want, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read a little book called the Bible? In this nope. <laughs> in this book, there is a story about a man named Noah, where he takes all of the animals and puts it into a boat. This is a, I, I'm really reaching here. I want them to bring these naughty back to the Star Wars galaxy we know and love to repopulate. And maybe maybe it would be like, I don't know if you guys have this issue down in Florida, but like invasive mussels are a big thing in like bodies of water across North America where you introduce there's like these freshwater mussels. And luckily they haven't made their way up into British Columbia here where I live, but they're like these invasive mussels. And if they get stuck on a boat and you go in another lake and they get into that lake, it can like infest the lake. I wonder if that's what would happen if the Naughty like went to this other galaxy. Like the other, they they oh might they might be the real threat. Thrawn is the he's he's nothing compared <laughs> to these little parasites that could take over the uh, the Star Wars galaxy as we know it, killing everything. Ewoks, Porgs, R two D two himself. Um, I don't think that's Toto. the case. I think that I don't think exactly. so. Toto, Toto, oh, Toto. But I would Toto. love to see them just walk up behind him and Zelen and just break that little neck um wow jesus I... <laughs> yes uh, or, so one of the noti they go down and ezra's like we can't wait like we gotta we gotta circle up we work as a team ohana means family and family means no one gets left behind or forgotten so they circle up and so do the bad guys that is when the battle sort of really commences uh sabine and ezra are going to take on shin they have a cute little argument 
where she's like, here's your lightsaber. And he's like, it's not mine. And she's like, no, it is yours. He's like, no, it's not. And so she takes the lightsaber. She goes, here's a blaster. He's like, no, no, no. The force is on my side, which is dope. He does some really yeah. cool moves here where like he stops Shin's lightsaber with two hands. And you can see it like the light kind of bleeding oh, off of it yeah. a little bit. He's just like moving around. And he's like, this is so cool. And this isn't the Ezra that we saw at the end of Rebels, but it makes sense how we get here. Like it makes mm-hmm. sense how that Ezra grows up into this just like cocky little Jedi bastard. I love it. Um, <laughs> Ahsoka is being chased by the two fighters I mentioned earlier. And as she comes in the atmosphere, she jumps out of the moving ship again, the old tuck and roll. Unav- and then Hu Yang flies off without the, uh, the two ships behind them. They're none the wiser. They have no idea. She comes face to face with Balin. They have a very brief lightsaber battle with Hu Yang eventually circling around and sweeping in, shooting at the ground, causing a whole bunch of debris to go up in the air and smoke. Mm. And in that debris, Ahsoka escapes, and Balin is like, ah, darn it. Okay. Sabine then, as I said, offers Ezra his lightsaber. He doesn't want it. He says, the Force is my ally. That's all I need. Ezra Bridger, you are the coolest motherfucker in the galaxy. He schools these raiders. They is just like, he doesn't even have a weapon and he tears these raiders apart. He then goes up against Shin. It's really sick. Then Thrawn's ground troops arrive. They circle up right as Ahsoka rides in to save the day. And that's when it's like, wait, we're going to get all three of these rebels, these, these folks fighting up against these Thrawn troops. No, that's not what happens. Thrawn then calls off the pursuit. He sends his little chirpy boy this little droid that goes like blue, blue, and all the all the what did you call them night troopers night troopers all the night troopers are like okay i'm out shin stands there for a second she's like i don't know what to do like <laughs> and ahsoka's like drop your weapon we can figure this out and she books it she runs back at thrawn hq i think i mixed a couple things up here but we'll get to it thrawn yeah he tells them all to re- to retreat but he goes, where the heck? We're missing somebody here. Where is Lord Balin? He doesn't know. Is he curious? Is he surprised? We'll get to that when we finish the episode, Thomas. But <laughs> he doesn't really care. He doesn't really care. The cargo transfer that we talked about last week is basically complete. He's not super worried. The troops retreat. Shin stands there. The fam is reunited. Ahsoka hugs Ezra. Hu Yang circles around with the ship. And then that's it. That's the episode. That Boom. Done. Loved Talk to me about this. Okay, there's there's some controversy, folks, amongst the um, rebellion crew. Baby Jack Jack Pews, emphasis on baby this week because he's whining, um, <laughs> is being a little whiner. And <laughs> I guess you explain. Just, so what is going I, on? There's some controversy with how Thrawn deals with this this revelation that Balin has yeah. has betrayed them has turned his back and we don't really know what balen's up to balen's just bailing on out of there oh that was good he is bailing on out of there that was he's good bailing on out of there yeah wow uh you know sometimes we get lucky um i in short jack pews thinks that it's very unthrawn like and out of character to be surprised and shocked and make a whole plan around balen skull doing what he's got to do 
and like putting, as he says, all of his chips in the Balaam skull basket. I'm just going to play the voice message that he said, and then I'm going to retort. And hopefully my phone doesn't die while I'm playing it. I'll just say this, Thomas, and maybe you can say this on the pod for me. I guess we are. what you're saying, I guess, makes sense. Like, I, I understand that he didn't need to win the day and win that battle to really accomplish his overall goal, which is escaping. I get that. But I guess for me, this would have been a great opportunity to demonstrate even more Thrawn's level of intellect and his, him as an expert tactician. And somehow there's there there could have been a way for the way Dave Filoni wrote it to where wrapped up in the plan was a fail safe or an ace in the hole because he knew Balin in some way or form wasn't going to come through. And call it instead, call it what you will, whether it was surprise or curiosity, we just got this thing of like, oh, this plan relied on ba- this plan's success relied on Balin coming through and being capable he didn't we don't really need to win this battle so it's not that big of a deal so whatever and it just it didn't have the same kind of impact whereas i thought you know this is like especially people who haven't seen rebels their first time really seeing thrawn it would have been cool if in some way thrawn planned for that and still i don't know one i don't know i just it 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 wasn't as engaging of a thrawn plan moment whatever as i would have liked jack jack little buddy um let me be clear i uh this is exactly what happens with thrawn you are i'm a true believer i'm eli vanto over here i am i am you know grant uh senior captain samacro i am admiral aralani i am paleon i i am the guy and you are like the questioner. You're the you're the wise man, not the wise man, but the why man, the man who always asking why. You got a wise for everything. I love you, buddy. But this is exactly what Thrawn does. He doesn't reveal his plan if he doesn't have to. At the end of the day, his main goal is to get off, and he's like, "Oh, we can try and kill." Klein, isn't, it all, isn't it all of buddy, ours? <laughs> Jesus. To get off this forsaken planet. Um, children. Uh, <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> so, threw me off. But uh, his whole plan is to leave the planet. And once he realizes that Ahsoka is more of a problem than originally anticipated, because he is, she is, excuse me, the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker, the most dangerous force user of all time as ahsoka once said a couple episodes ago and he knows of his dealings with both sides of anakin's personality he's like you know what let's not bring her here she can ruin everything let's send her elsewhere let's keep her far away from here that's the main goal distract 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 and this is why it's perfect here's the modified mark sable so a mark sable was created it is a fighting maneuver created at the Battle of Ryloth by checks notes. Oh, one Ahsoka Tano. In fact, I'm pretty sure you can see this in the Clone Wars episodes, the Battle of Ryloth, which we also just saw a couple episodes ago. Well, how about that? And in what it is, is you turn your launch bay away from the enemy, and then you allow your fighters to come out and hide behind and hide in the shadow of the ship. That 
they left from, so your gunship, and then it, they swing around and attack from all sides in Thrawn Alliances. Anakin Skywalker says he's going to be a one-man Marg Sable. And when Thrawn asks about that, Padme, uh, here's the direct quote. General Skywalker said he'd be a one-man Marg Sable. What did he mean? Padme says, oh, it's a battle tactic invented by his former Padawan apprentice. A warship turns its hangar bay away from its attackers and launches its fighters unseen. They stay in the ship's visual shadow while they form up and accelerate to attack speed, and they come around their ship from all sides, attacking the enemy from every direction at once. Thrawn says, Interesting. I can see how that could be useful against certain species. That's a direct correlation of what it does later on in the book, but it's fine. Anyways, this is kind of the same thing. So when you turn that way, you not only are you hiding what you're doing in the shadow, but you're also drawing attention to your broad side more likely than not, because you usually leave from the side, not the bottom. Um, and so you're distracting and bringing in fire at one section while the real attack comes around. They are drawing all fire towards Sabine while the real attack is Thrawn leaving. So it's it's a modified version of it because really him sending all of his troops to the same place is also kind of a Mark Sable. You draw everyone into the same location, you get their defenses down, and boom, you launch all these attacks at them. Uh, and that's kind of what he does here. The success of it, it depends on what you what you want. Jack wants to see he wants to be shown how intelligent Thrawn is and why he's so dangerous. But as he mentions at the end, and I know that I don't think David liked this either. Um, he's like, we have robbed her of the one thing that she can no longer afford to lose. And that is time. That's plus or minus what it was. So it's very clear that his entire purpose in this episode, at least to me, it is clear that his entire purpose is to keep the fucking force users away from his real goal so that they can kill each other at best and at worst, just be left behind on the planet. Um, and I think that that shows exactly what this whole point is. I think he's looking at it as like Thrawn's whole plan is to kill all these people. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's his whole, whole plan. Like he said later on or at the very beginning, I agree. We can have use for Sabine Wren. We can draw Ezra out and we can kill the son of a bitch for, for blockading us and leaving us stranded here. And if we don't, mm, fuck him. He'll be left stranded here and I'll be free. And that is where we land. Where do you land, Kevin Kleiner? <laughs> can I can I be can I be just like completely honest with you, Thomas? And Jack's you probably don't. just gonna get pissed off of me. You don't care. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it, buddy. I knew it. That's why I went to you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, Thomas, that's the end that. of the episode. The end of episode seven. We got one more of these to do. I'll ask you before we get to our bad batchers um, out okay. of five how we're going to rate it. Give me one prediction Ooh. for the finale. Ooh. Or how about no 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 no? I have questions. Prediction for you. prediction might be like questions based on episode seven. Yeah. 
Oh, good. no, throw those at me. I was going to say, maybe not prediction, okay. something you want to see. Prediction can be too, like, you can play the game and be like, I don't know. Like, what's something that you would actually want to see happen, whether I that see. be it, if it's realistic or not. But yeah, throw your questions at me if you got them. All right. So, how does Ahsoka and the Rebel crew get back to the galaxy at this I think moment? They, I think they yeah. are aboard Thrawn's ship. Ooh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hiding, stowing away, or as prisoners? I think it starts as hiding. They jump to hyperspace. And we end in like a final confrontation between them um, and like him now, him thinking he's gotten away without anyone knowing. And then that's kind of like the, that's the making us as an audience feel like we're getting some sort of resolution out of this without fully defeating the bad guy is like, oh, like they, they know he's here and they're back as well whereas if they knew okay. he was coming and they're stuck in the galaxy he's one he's he's he thinks that he no one's gonna know he's on the way okay i like that um because <clears throat> you know r.i.p them purgles i don't think any of them died though not this time no next time they show up at the planet, when they, they pieced will. out of there i did like i was like my stomach instantly was like oh no like how are they gonna <laughs> get home yep but they'll get home um, they will the power of friendship. Uh, I have one that I now realize isn't so much of a good question for you because you haven't read the book uh, Heir to the Empire, no, but I will right. I will come to it last then. This is this is the big question for you, buddy. Is there anything more intriguing than Balin Skull's story? I didn't mean to write it that boringly, but what do you also think is going to happen with his story next week? What do you want? I to don't know. So here's where, what I've seen some conversation. When I say some conversation, I mostly base that off of our group chat with Jack. Um, little baby Jack, Jack Pew is why I went, I'm going to whine. Um, <laughs> I hope he listens to this. I love you, Jack. I really do. Um, what I, some of the conversation that Jack has had is that, He's worried about resolution in this series, how they're going to wrap up, how this show has been paced, where it is very slow and it feels like Mm. we do have a long way to go um, in the finale. And I don't think that we really do. For people hoping that we're going to get a whole big resolution with this Rebels crew with Thrawn, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to leave us in a place that feels like, okay, that's the end of Ahsoka, but it's going to be the beginning of this Thrawn saga that we're going to get um, leading to the Mandoverse movie. I have a feeling that how this all ties into Balin Skull is Balin Skull is the one thing that people are really worried about. It's like, he's really intriguing. We still know nothing. We have one more episode. I think he is going to be like, if we had to make it as simple as who is the bad guy of Ahsoka? Who is the antagonist? Who are they going to defeat? I think it's going to be him. They're going to have a confrontation. We're going to get some resolution. Maybe we, who knows, maybe get a flashback or some sort. Like we finally figure out what's going on. We say goodbye to this character, sadly. And then we get like a little bit of added resolution with Thrawn, but it can't be full resolution with Thrawn just because he is going to be the big bad moving forward. He is the Thanos of, um, 
of the kind of next few years of Star Wars storytelling. So that's like, I hope that answered your question, but that's what I think we're going to get is, I don't know specifics what that means. I hope it has something to do with like, there's talk of like the Zepho and all sorts of fun stuff like that. But like, um, I have a feeling that next week is going to be like very focused on him and kind of the, I don't know, the the confrontation with him and then escaping the planet. That leads me to a good follow-up. So, like, they're get, they're going to defeat Balin and then go to Thrawn's ship? Is how you see it? I think there's going to be um, a crossing of paths between whatever Balin is trying to accomplish and it somehow maybe unintentionally, like... Oh, holding Thrawn back from leaving. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. I was wondering if the great mothers recognize that Balin's about to go do something, tell Thrawn, Thrawn then asks Ahsoka and sets Ahsoka. I, I, my thought is if they're going to fight Balin and take on him, that's another distraction to keep them from meeting Thrawn and Thrawn might kill two birds with one stone. Oh no. If you come here, you're going to stop me from leaving. But if he stays, he stops me from leaving as well. But he's also going to be a danger to your little force bitches. So beepity boppy boop, you go fight him. And, and he might even offer, if you fight him, I will take you home safely aboard my starship and send you out in escape pods so that you can be found. That is a real Thrawn move, especially if it means taking out something that is important to the great mothers and like he said, they might be trying to escape something that's been locked away. Kujet. I, I'm here. I When I saw that message or whatever on Twitter the other day, I was like, oh, my God, from Fallen Order, right? And I had to go look it up. And, yeah, I remember seeing that translated, I'm pretty sure, on Dathomir, but in a couple other Zepho places um, where it was more frightening a little, little scarier than normal um kujet was a very strong dark side zepho uh potentially in my mind the first dark side user of all time maybe uh maybe not i don't know uh and so him going to seek that it's in my mind it is possible that kujet never actually died and was trapped someplace and perhaps that is what the great mothers are trying to leave from is whoever he's trapped. You know, he's like, oh, they're running away from a power greater than their own. Maybe they are because they trapped that guy and they're like, all right, cool. Like now we can get out of here. Maybe Thrawn helped them trap somebody regardless of the fact. Um, I'd love to see it be involved with Kujet in some way because then it would tie into the Fallen Order. Um, oh, my God, Klein. I just had a crazy thought. All right. Are you ready? Cal Kestis, bad guy, (laughs) trapped on Peridia because Thrawn helped the great mothers trap him after he went all the way out there trying to save Marin. They're not doing it. They're not doing it. They're not doing it, Thomas. They have another (laughs) game. They have more story to tell. We're not giving away where how that goes. 
What are you talking about? We know exactly what happens with the New Republic and we're still in this story. Yeah, but we I don't need to see the we don't even know if Cal lives this in this Fallen Order trilogy. Like I Who no. said he doesn't? Who said he does, right? I, no, it's not. He's not. I've I I'm it's funny that I'm the one saying it's not him. It's not <laughs> Cal. He's <laughs> Yeah, so I did just think of that on the fly. Because, but the, there's a great question going around that I want to ask you: Why are the great mothers subservient to Thrawn and call him Lord? What did he do for them to earn their trust? I don't know. Provided do them maybe the opportunity. I do care. You know. Okay. I do. I do. Provided him. Provided them with the opportunity and potential of getting out from where from there maybe Intrigue. maybe lord is like the star wars version of daddy and he's like i don't know there's like sister wise big blue daddy that's right papa smurf <laughs> they call me big daddy throng no i don't know i think it probably has something to do with maybe they want because the great mother's I wonder, have they always resided here? Were they sent here somehow, some way? Um, do they? Is there a reason for them maybe wanting to get back to the Star Wars Galaxy Prime that we know and love? Yeah. I think it may have something to do with that, and that he was the first. He's the first person to like that we know of to pop back up there and yeah. be like yeah i'm getting out of here don't worry there's plans in place we've we're, we're it might take time but we're gonna figure it out intriguing i like that um i'm questioning if he helped fight off something for them helped contain something outsmarted something or if he is bringing um their dead back to the galaxy so that they can reanimate themselves and kind of repopulate after the destruction of Dathomir from General Grievous. Um, I, 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 I'm very excited to find out what the fuck are in these little pods that they're loading up. The, the cargo, as he likes to call it. Now I have a question that you're not... This is rhetorical, and I am going to kind of give an idea and kind of pass it along. This is from Heir to the Empire. Are the Night Sisters slash the Dathomiri replacing the Nogri? So as you know, seeing Rebels, Rook is a Nogri. They were uh, created by Timothy Zahn in the Heir to the Empire. They are subservient to the Empire because they believe that the Empire came in and saved them uh, from a battle with the New Republic when it, or with the Re Rebel Alliance, when in reality, I do believe that it happened before the war with the Empire and the Empire just landed there and then, you know, made it out like, oh, we are protecting you and trying to help you out like the Empire would. Um, and so all the men, because they are, they can fight force sensitives. They can also fight Chewbacca. Um, they have strong, keen senses, great warriors, very basic, not super great with technology, don't really give a shit, but they're elite fighters. So they all use that. Vader is the one who saved them. There's a whole plot point in the book where every time they see Leia, they call her Lady Vader, and she finds out what's going on. Eventually, Rook, who's dead, mind you, inside this version of the universe we have already, kills Thrawn at the very end of the third book. 
once um because he finds out that oh no like you've actually been enslaving our people getting all of my brothers killed and threatening our families okay and because they're loyal people they and value loyalty honesty uh, honor and respect he kills thrawn and it's a fun time so these dathomiri night sisters seem to be subservient to thrawn um there's a chance that thrawn might have done something to to win them over like yeah i can do that for you we can do this for you and in reality he's also just lying to them and is pulled the wool over their eyes in the same way and could lead i've been saying morgan elsbeth dies by the end of this episode like this series maybe maybe she sticks around just to kill thrawn in five fucking years i don't know if she dies or if they leave her there (laughs) <laughs> see that's the thing i really enjoy is having which is worse to, uh yeah it's definitely worse. Uh, her her being left there is definitely worse than dying um especially she put all this work in to get there and yeah <laughs> these like stakes exactly the the um there's a lot of questioning from Thrawn's subservient person a lot in the in the books and so there's always someone who's like no i don't want to do this i don't understand why are you doing this way i don't understand shouldn't we just do this and he likes to teach that's his thing he likes to teach everybody he's kind of trying to teach morgan i would say and i feel like at the end of next episode if he if she doesn't pick it up fast enough he might just fucking offer i kind of want that to happen just because it would really be like oh wow like Jack wants Jack's wanting, you know, oh, what is Thrawn? We want to see the threat of Thrawn. Kill the person who literally saved you from this planet because they're not living up to your standards. That's how you make everyone afraid of you. Um, but at the same time, I would really enjoy if because uh, if she does die, we have Captain Paleon still, who was created an heir to the Empire books and is the you know, right hand questioning guy, the guy who learns about Thrawn and learns about his tactics so he can utilize going forward. Um, we already have that character out there, whether or not he's used in the same way is, is it remains to be seen as we've seen in Mando season three, he is Thrawn's fucking chest, chest bumper at, I don't really know how to, he's the Thrawn Bible thumper, right? <laughs> he's thumping away. Um, Nogri, Dathomiri, Maybe they're one and the same in this canon universe. Maybe they're not. You be the judge, dear listener. You be the judge. Okay, Thomas. Let's get to it. What do you want next week? One thing you want next week and your Bad Batchers rating out of five. I want... I want... a deep force dive into whatever Balin's trying to do and Kujet uh, to be referenced out loud, at least. Uh, that's what I want. Um, next week is directed by Peter Ramsey. So, wait, no, excuse me, Rick Femme So we can expect fireworks, baby. So I think we're going to get a lot of dope-ass action. Out of five Bad Bachelors... Mm, four and a half um it's not perfect oh wow uh, 
Uh, I know it, it is high. It's high for me because of the high. Thrawn stuff. It's the Thrawn stuff. You grade the, on a Thrawn curve, man. You live your life. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I mean, it's we got Anakin in Clone Wars armor doing his thing, being a great master. We then get Thrawn referencing like, oh, shit. Like, we got to be careful because Ahsoka was trained by Anakin. And Ahsoka says Anakin's a good master. And Thrawn is like, yeah, if he was a good master, like, we're all fucked. Yeah, because he can take down an entire drone, uh, an entire separatist facility with just me and a fucking senator with a laser gun. Um, lasers. So, laser, fucking laser beams coming out <laughs> and pistol tips. Uh, what about you? What are you ranking it? Uh, what do you want and what are you ranking out of five bad batch orbs? Hmm. What I want one more, whether it's a flashback or mm. another hologram or a force ghost, I want one more Hayden, one more Hayden yeah. in the Clone Wars armor, just because it, I just I I love that look so much, and it we I, I want one more. And what I would rate this episode, I think this is a three out of five. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Good. Not amazing. Not excellent. It's good. And that's okay. Mine is yeah. Mine is definitely I was I was extra entertained. And I episode. was very entertained. Very yeah. entertained. I feel more entertained in this episode than last episode. I was just so hype about the Thrawn like being there and yeah, and then like this week's just like, oh my god, it's it is it is this is this is Thrawn. They are who they said they were. <laughs> <laughs> he is who I thought he was. Thrawn Thrawn, I'm, I'm trying to do the Thrawn voice and I just keep becoming Thor. Thrawn is him. That is correct. What about you, dear listener? What did you think of this week's episode of Ahsoka? Tweet at us at Reckless Rebels on Twitter. R-E-C-K-L-E-S-S-R-E-B-E-L-S. And while you're there, head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave us a review. Give us five stars. Ask us questions on Twitter, on a review, whatever you want to do. We love interacting and hearing from you, our rebels. Klein, where can everyone find you on social media? You can find me at the Kleinfelt, T-H-E-K-L-E-I-N-F-E-L-T, as well as I haven't pushed this over on the over on here um in the last little bit, but over on Controller Club on podcast services around the world. It's a video game podcast. We're getting into the thick of things in gaming world. Got Spider-Man coming up in less than a month. We're re-reviewing the first Marvel Spider-Man this week coming up here. So if you like podcasts, we listen to this, so you probably do. And you like video games, head on over, check us out, Controller Club. It's a lot of fun. You can find me on Twitter and all the other social medias that exist at TC Rochester. Every one of them. T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and dive into a quick recommendation for the audience. Go listen to all of our friends doing Star Wars podcast right now. Gene so Winship Chat with, with Mike Burton. The Direct Podcast with Matt Rimke and our very own David Thompson. Uh, and this is the Waycast over uh, on the Boardwalk Empire. No, Boardwalk Times. Boardwalk Times. Yep. 
And of course, the agents of agents fandom. of fandom. There's so they're, many people out so there. So I, they're so good. so much fun. One of my favorite things about like this content creation community that I find myself in is I've worked media jobs before, and in those media jobs, things are competitive, and you don't fraternize. Like you, you don't talk to the enemy. They're the enemy. Ah, content creation. It's totally different. Like this is the way. Cat. All these amazing people doing amazing things. We collaborate. We hang out because it's. A rising tide raises all ships. Like if we all do, if one of us does well, we all do well and we can spread the wealth and hang out. And it's just, it's a fun community. Can I do a quick recommendation as well? I have a quick follow-up to everything we just said. And then I'll bounce you back to you because sure. uh, Time of recording will be, this is going to drop before midnight at the end of today. So Thursday, which is tomorrow, and you're probably listening to this on a Thursday. Jamie Girac is actually going to be on Agents of Fandom. Um, oh, boy. Talking awesome. About, talking about this episode of Ahsoka. And next week, Jamie Girac is going to be on our finale review of Ahsoka. Very excited to get her on. Um, she just finished Rebels uh, yesterday, I believe, the day before. That's so, so exciting. Yeah, so she's like fully tilted now. I'm very excited to have her on. Of course, if you don't know, she's from Phase Zero over there doing awesome stuff. Always talking about Marvel from the comic book crew. Shout out Liam Crowley, our buddy, our pal, our guy. (laughs) He's the real Captain America. I don't know about you. Um, Klein, what is your recommendation for our beautiful, lovely audience? So I I don't binge TV series very often, but I, I just binged a TV series in the past week and I have to bring it up because I think it's, I need to really rethink things because Breaking Bad is like my number one and has been my number one for a very long time. But The Bear is one of the best TV shows ever made. It is fantastic. <laughs> it is so, once you start, these episodes are 23 minutes long. Like it's, it is short form, but like, once you start, you can't stop. You just eat it all up. The food in it looks so good. It's a lot of yelling. It's a lot of swearing. There was a lot of moments that hooked me, but season two particularly kicks things up a notch. It's just, it's, it is incredible. I want more. Give me more FX. There's a sequence that involves Taylor Swift at one point that like is genuinely some of the best TV I've ever seen. So yeah, the bear. I'm also still watching. I'm doing a, my first watch through of Last Airbender. I get it, guys. Okay, I understand. Yes, this Dave Filoni guy is pretty good. Um, I'm only like 11 episodes in. I took a quick break. I had to do a whole like One Piece detour when that live action series came out. But yeah, I I'm doing the bear. Or I finished the bear, and I'm doing. I'm also I restarted watching this TV show that I really like called Departures. It's like a Canadian travel show that's really really good. It's like these two 28 year olds are like, let's quit our jobs and travel the world for a year, and it's really fun. But I'm rewatching that, but I was like, oh, let's get back into Airbender. I, I want to do it. I want to watch all three seasons. And it's so good. It's great. It is a kid's show for sure. But like there are, is it three seasons? I thought it's three. Why are you looking confused? Because uh, I can't remember if it's four for Avatar and three for Korra or the Korra? other way around. Oh, well, I'm there for all of it. Yeah. It's easy to watch. It is like, I think it's only three. It is, it is a child, like, like a kid's show. But they get dark. Like last oh. night, I watched an episode. Yeah, where are you at? Jet. 
and I was like 11, oh. I was 11 episodes in and we meet this guy who's like really helpful and like really happy. And then you realize like, oh no, like, and it kind of, you can see what they're going for, for like the younger kids. It's like, they teach you that like the groups of people aren't bad. It's the people that are bad. Like just because someone is of the fire nation doesn't make them a bad person. And, uh, but it's really good. I can't wait to get going. I want to finish it yeah. before the live action series comes. So yeah. That's going to happen at some point soon. So excited. Uh, yeah. What season are you in right now again? One. Yeah. I'm only 11 episodes yeah. in. I'm not very far. Oh, you're halfway. As this is, you do book one yet. But buddy, I'm so excited to, to hit this talk with you uh, as you go forward in this Avatar journey. Great the, intro, by the way. Love the like that. Oh, God. I like the yes. I, I know it's been memed to death and people like it is. It's iconic. But it's my first experience with it. And just like the whole like there are four nations and it's like, yes, like this is just like it's so it's so cool. It reminds me a lot of like watching One Piece as well right now for the first time. The anime at the beginning of that, it's very similar to like Avatar where it's like we're going to set the scene and this and this yeah. and this. Although One Piece goes into like a sick like or not orchestral, but like m- music, a song with singing over it. And it's like mm. adventure, but um yeah avatar is really good you were all right i'm i hit you with the gif today with Sokka and the eyebrows uh we told you buddy don't know and- how i feel about Sokka. I, i'm into everyone else Sokka <laughs> is right now he's just he's i don't i don't know it, it takes some Not time a fan it, yet by the end of season one i was the same way and my my old roommates when i started watching it for the first time because i was 30 ish uh when they put it on netflix in 2020 like 25 years down. ago yeah, exactly. Uh, my roommates were my old roommates. Excuse me. were like, dude, you're totally Sokka. And I was like, no, I'm not like that's disrespectful. I'm Aang. I'm an airbender. I'm a fucking I look for the optimism and stuff. And as the series went on, I was like, fuck, I am Sokka. Actually, like it's totally I like the true. little monkey guy that they hang out with. He's like the lemur. The big ears. Oh, Momo. Yeah, Momo. Momo, really big Momo yep. fan. Um, and 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 Apu, I like that. It's Aang. Mm. And what's the? I'm only eleven episodes in, so like, forgive me. What's the girl's name? Um, Katara. Who hangs out? Katara. Okay. Yeah. And yes. she's a waterbender. Which she is a waterbender. Which I, I think, of all the bending powers, I like the idea of like being able to like move water around and stuff. I think you have. Oh, uh, never mind. I'm not going to say anything because then I'm going to spoil stuff on accident. Um, I will say later on in the series, I want to say it's sometime in season two, there's a character voiced by Mick Foley. And I wonder no if you'll be able to, yeah. And That's I wonder awesome. if you'll be able to pick him out. Um, it'll be fun. It'll be fun if you can. But with that sentience and droids, we've reached the end of the episode. Remember, the force is your ally and it's all you need. And a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was just standard operating procedure of podcasting. Yippee! Yippee!